Hi guys, welcome back to the Irish Balance podcast. If you are new to this podcast, you are very welcome. And if you are a regular listener, you're very welcome back. I'll do a quick introduction for anyone who is new. My name is Keir Kelly. I'm an Irish girl and qualified medical doctor working in Ireland in public health. I'm very passionate about public health and the concept of prevention in medicine, particularly how our lifestyles affect our health through the food we eat, um, our physical activity levels and how much we exercise, um, how we manage our stress, the quality and quantity of our sleep and our social well-being. And I started a blog called The Irish Balance in 2016. So it's nearly three years old, actually, come October this year. Um, and really, it began as a place where I could share recipes that I was sharing on Instagram for friends that had moved away. And I was also developing an interest in health promotion. And the blog grew from being a recipe hub to being a place where I could share articles each week about different health topics to try and show you guys how we can empower ourselves to live happy, healthy lifestyles full of balance. For those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, you will know that I had to take a little break from the first series of episodes because I've had quite a lot of change happen in my life in the past month in particular, but it's sort of been a crazy six months really if I think about it. So I thought that it would be nice to start back the podcast over the summer with this episode being the first. This episode will be me chatting to you guys, giving you a little bit of an update on my life and my background for those who are new, and also um, diving into the topic of sedentary behavior and physical inactivity, which I think is really a really important topic regardless of what time of year it is, but particularly during the summer when the weather's a bit nicer, the days are longer, and we can feel a little bit more motivated to get some exercise in. And we also may find it difficult, particularly if we have to sit for our jobs, to maintain activity and it's a topic I wrote about on my blog recently enough and I thought it would be really nice to bring it to a podcast particularly as I do get asked quite a lot about how best to fit activity into a busy working day. In terms of the podcast episodes to come I do have quite a few guests that I've been in touch with about lining up some episodes for you guys so I'm sort of settling into trying to get a schedule together of when to record those episodes with those people. So stay tuned. I've got a lot of exciting topics that I want to discuss on the podcast, which I think will be best done through interviewing people that I really enjoy following who are sharing great content in the health space in Ireland. So yeah, really excited to share those with you guys. So stay tuned. I'm going to aim for weekly episodes and we'll see how it goes. And as always, if there are ever any topics that you would like to see on the podcast or on my blog or social media, do let me know. Just drop uh, me a message on Instagram. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me if you do have any um, topics you'd like to see. So first of all, I hope everyone is really enjoying summer. Even if when we're in Ireland, it can often feel like it might be the middle of winter. Whether you're an older regular listener, I'm just going to spend the next couple of minutes just chatting about my background as a human being and as a doctor just to give you a little bit of a refresher before we dive into some new episodes each week and also because as I continue to learn and grow as a doctor my blog and podcast continues to grow too so I'm conscious there are new people joining in on this journey and on my content all the time so a refresher is always handy. So I am an Irish girl I'm Boston born moved to Ireland when I was five and I have been living in Dublin ever since with my beautiful big family. 
I studied medicine in college after doing a year of nutrition and dietetics and I did that in Trinity College in Dublin. Once I qualified, I spent three years working at a big hospital in Dublin doing my first year, which is called Intern Year in Ireland, and then doing a two-year training program as what is known as a senior house officer. I know for those of you listening in the UK, it's a little bit different. You guys have F1 and F2, and in the US, there's residency, and I don't know about other countries. But in Ireland, we do intern year um, to try lots of different specialties and be fully, fully registered, and then really depends what you want to do in terms of what direction you go after that. So I knew I wanted to study a particular area of medicine. I just didn't know what that area was yet, as opposed to, for example, doing surgery or pediatrics or obstetrics and gynecology or general practice. So I decided to do a two-year program in medicine in hospital doing lots of different medical specialties so over a two-year period I did eight three-month rotations so literally changing teams and specialties every three months. We change a lot as doctors as part of our training and I think a lot of people forget that and it is really important because it gives us experience in lots of different areas which helps us to shape our careers but also builds our clinical experience and ability to take on new responsibilities as doctors. And it's a really valuable part of our training, even if it can get a little bit crazy changing teams every three to six months and sometimes locations, which might mean county or even country. So I did that for two years and last July I finished it and I particularly really enjoyed medical specialties like endocrinology and gastroenterology, but I still felt like there was an area that I hadn't worked in, but I wanted to know more about and that was public health. During my two years of doing all these different specialties, I got really interested in the idea of prevention. We know that acute hospital-based work saves lives every single day. And we also know that the leading causes of morbidity and mortality in the Western world are chronic diseases whereby lifestyle plays a huge component, both before their formation and as part of their continuation. So for example, things like alcohol intake, smoking, um, dietary behaviors, levels of physical activity, levels of stress, all of these things are really important parts of our lifestyle that can be positively or negatively influenced to improve or disimprove our health. And when I say chronic diseases are the leading cause of morbidity and mortality, that's particularly true in the Western world, but it's also true in developing countries. And by chronic disease, I mean things like diabetes, type 2 diabetes, that is, um, coronary heart disease, certain lung diseases due to smoking, um, many cancers and dementia, for example. These diseases are actually called NCDs. You might see that mentioned um, in different places. NCDs means non-communicable diseases and communicable essentially means infectious. So non-communicable diseases means diseases that we cannot catch from other people. So communicable diseases are infectious diseases. So things like measles or mumps, for example. So I became particularly interested in the idea of prevention, particularly as regards these NCDs. And I began to think about what lies upstream, what are the causes of these diseases and what are the causes of the causes of these diseases, if that makes sense. And as part of this train of thought, I discovered the specialty of public health medicine in Ireland. I went to three or four conferences based in Ireland on the specialty over my two years of training in medicine while working in the hospital and talked to a lot of different people working in the specialty 
and realized it was definitely an area where my interests aligned with as a doctor and where I potentially wanted to work. So last July, when I finished my two year program, I decided to apply for a master's in public health and nutrition in UCD. And as I record this, I have essentially finished it. I did a one year full time master's, went back to school for a year. And I have to say it was an absolutely incredible experience. I did it in University College Dublin and made a lot of friends, learned a huge amount, did a thesis, which I never thought I'd finish. Um, and if many of you who are following on social media will know that that thesis was on shift work and its effects in particular on dietary behaviours and physical activity, something I'm continuing to post on, on my social media. And there is a past podcast episode on that topic. So do check that out if you're interested. Anyway, side note. So I did that master's for a year. Two weeks ago, roughly, I handed in my thesis, which was really um, an awesome feeling. And during the master's, I really felt my interest in public health had been cemented. So I decided to apply for what's called higher specialist training or HST uh, in public health medicine in Ireland. After a lot of uh, nerve wracking preparation for the interview, I did get a place in the scheme. And so where I'm recording this from at the moment is my uh, new apartment in Galway. So I have up sticks, left the big smoke, which is what we call Dublin in Ireland. And I have moved to the West of Ireland to a lovely county called Galway to begin the first year of my four-year training program in public health medicine. So I'll be spending probably two years down here working in public health. I've only just finished my second week. So a lot of you are asking me what my day-to-day -day is like now as a doctor. And at the moment, I am still learning that myself. So I will continue to share what my training is like, what I'm learning and um, I suppose what the important take on points for you guys are that I'm picking up as part of my training. So bear with me on that. There's a lot of you asking if you have a specific message about it, do just pop me a DM on social media and Instagram. More than happy to share how I got to this place. I'm very grateful for the position that I have in this training scheme and I'm really excited to learn more and more and do more and more. So I will share that as it all happens. And really all that change was why I took a break from the podcast just to get my own head around it, to, I suppose, live in the moment, I guess, um, quite a bit. And as I record this, I'm currently having my first full weekend in this new city. So it really hasn't kind of sunk in yet. And it still all feels very surreal to have changed so much so quickly. But I am very excited for the two years ahead and to discover the lovely city of Galway as well. And finally, I'm very excited that my career path is public health medicine. I think prevention is absolutely where my interests lie and contributing towards improving the health of the Irish population and maybe internationally at some stage is something that I am really passionate about. So I am really excited that my work will hopefully allow me to do that. Okay, 10 minutes of me rambling is more than enough for you guys. So let's move on to today's topic, which is sedentary behavior and physical inactivity. So this, as I said, was a topic on my blog in the past, which a lot of you were very keen to check out. And I think it's really important that we do bring up this topic. I have done previous podcast episodes on how to get more active, but I think this is its own 
episode. We know that as a population in Ireland, and this is true of many westernised developed countries, that we aren't getting enough physical activity into our week. So just 32% of Irish adults are sufficiently active, according to our national physical physical activity guidelines. And that's when activity is measured in terms of aerobic activities, the kind that gets your heart rate going. So in Ireland, our guidelines for that are to get a minimum of 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity per week. And moderate intensity means where you can talk, but you can't sing. So the classic example is a brisk walk. Unfortunately, this 32% figure is actually even lower among children at primary and post-primary level. So we know that at primary level, 19% of children get enough activity into their week according to guidelines. And this figure drops to 12% at post-primary level. And I am really, really passionate about this as a public health issue, both in Ireland and internationally. In today's podcast episode, I'm going to look at this from a little bit of a different perspective, however, because I have done full podcast episodes and blogs on physical activity itself, so like leisure time physical activity. We're going to look at movement from a different lens today. So you may have seen headlines in the past few months, um, something like sitting is the new smoking, for example. I'm sure many of you might have seen those advertisements, whether on the television or on public transport, and wondered what it was all about. So I do think calling sitting the new smoking is a, a good example of maybe conflating scientific evidence a little bit. Um, however, the issue of sitting time, i.e. how much time we spend sitting day to day and sedentary behaviour as sort of an umbrella term for that concept is definitely one worth addressing and clarifying. It's something that came up on my weekly radio interview with iRadio as well, and I thought that it would be great to do a full podcast on it. So let's dive into what sedentary behaviour is, its potentially negative effects on our health, and more importantly, the evidence to date for what we can do to offset these effects. Now that I've moved jobs, um, my day-to-day is a lot less active and more uh, sitting is involved. So it's something that I'm very mindful of too. And whether you have to mostly sit at work, at school, university, or at home, and even if you do have a job that keeps you on your feet, this art, this a podcast episode will have information for everyone and it's very relevant in our modern world which makes it a lot easier to be sedentary to get from a to b than to be active okay so first things first what is sedentary behavior so sedentary time is the total amount of time this is usually expressed per day of sitting and lying down excluding sleep time Sedentary behaviour is the pattern of sedentary time, so how it's dispersed over the day. And it's widely defined, uh, from what I can read anyway, as any waking behaviour characterised by an energy expenditure that's less than or equal to 1.5 METs while in a sitting, reclining or lying posture. Now I know, hang on, what is an MET or a MET? Good question. So exercise experts measure physical activity in what are called METs or metabolic equivalents. So one MET is the energy it takes to sit quietly. So light physical activity, things like housework or going for a stroll, will usually use less than three mets, so this does vary person to person. Moderate intensity activities are those that get you moving fast enough or strenuously enough to burn off three to six times as much energy per minute as you do when you sit quietly. So using up anywhere from three to six mets, so a brisk walk again is that classic example. Then vigorous intensity activities are those which burn more than six mets. So that might be things like jogging, a spin class or high intensity training. Now, a limitation of using mets to measure activity, however, is that it doesn't take into account the level of fitness of a person. So an activity that might make me use six mets might not be the same for you. It could be lower or higher, but hopefully that helps you understand what mets are a little bit. So back to sedentary behavior. 
But something that I was asked previously was, is sedentary behaviour just the same as being physically inactive? And they actually aren't the same, although they do exist on, um, I suppose, the same spectrum of activity. But the low energy requirement is what distinguishes sedentary behaviours from others that also occur while seated, but may need greater effort energy expenditure, such as rowing or cycling. So many of our modern industrialized societies and environments, uh, work time sitting or what's called occupational sitting is the major source of sedentary behavior in adults, but it can be accumulated while we use transport. For example, if we drive door to door or go on a bus or a train and um, to home, to work and back, etc. So also it's important to note that when we talk about sedentary behavior in terms of volume, we usually categorize this as being low volume, less than four hours per day, and high volume being eight or more hours per day. And this is relevant when we try to look at studies that measure the effect of sedentary behavior, potential effect of sedentary behavior on our health. So if sedentary behavior and physical inactivity aren't the same thing, then what's the big difference? So as I've said, sedentary behavior and physical activity are part of the same energy expenditure spectrum but they are separate entities as well so most studies these days will use the term inactive to describe people who are actually engaging in insufficient amounts of moderate and vigorous intensity activity according to the relevant guidelines for example if i go for a 30 to 40 minute brisk walk five days a week i would be meeting our national exercise guidelines but i might also be very sedentary in my day job and i might have a high volume of sitting time Conversely, when I work in the hospital, I'm on my feet all day, so not sedentary, but I might feel too tired to do any exercise outside of my work activity. So it is possible for people to participate in the recommended amounts of physical activity and also engage in high levels of sedentary behavior and vice versa. And importantly, the health outcomes associated with sedentary behavior, i.e. sitting time, have often been identified independent of whether the person participates in physical activity or not. In the 2015 Healthy Ireland survey actually measured the average sitting time of Irish adults and they found that that was 5.3 hours of sitting each weekday. So essentially, sedentary behaviour and physical activity are separate measurements but both independently and synergistically can affect our health. So that brings us to the obvious question, is sedentary behaviour harmful to our health? And this is a good question because research suggests that the volume of sedentary time increases with age. A US-based study in the American Journal of Public Health published last year reported the average for US adults um, in terms of sedentary behaviour was 9 hours per day and 10 hours per day in older adults, which generally means those over 65. So we do need to know whether it has potential negative implications for our health in the short and or long term um, because therefore we can try and figure out what to do about it throughout life. Now, it's important to note that the data on this topic is definitely subject to ongoing research, and there are quite a lot of flaws and limitations to what we can conclude from them as a result. So, for example, a lot of factors influence sitting time and sedentary behavior, things like age, gender, occupation, our socioeconomic status, um, certain cultural factors and family norms, and accessibility to leisure facilities, for example, at work, not all of which are measured by researchers doing studies in this area. Um, and in addition to that, how sitting time is measured and the study design used to do that varies a lot across the research conducted both within and between different countries. So based on all that, what can we say at present? Well, 
I think one of the most useful publications I found when researching this area was by the British Heart Foundation in 2012. They reviewed the evidence to date on sedentary behaviour and its effect on our health and they concluded that for adults, this type of behaviour is associated with an increased risk of type 2 diabetes, um, heart disease and actually death from all causes based on the evidence to date. They said also that it may also increase the risk of certain cancers but that the findings from these studies were overall quite inconsistent. So they didn't really want to conclude any particular uh, way on that. They also said that despite being widely studied, the association of sedentary behaviour with overweight and obesity or weight gain remains theoretically plausible, but actually unproven from the research to date. And finally, in terms of mental health, they said there was a small amount of evidence to suggest adverse effects on our mental health, in particular depression um, and psychological well-being from sedentary behaviour too with all the limitations of that data in mind. So the publication also noted that there is an overall lack of evidence looking at sedentary behaviour and health outcomes in children and young adults, although there is evidence for associations with adverse um, heart disease risk profiles, according to some studies, but overall much more and higher quality research is needed. So what we can say so far is there seems to be enough for us to say that high volumes of sedentary time, particularly going past that seven to eight hours per day, have potentially detrimental effects on our um, physical health, especially particularly cardiometabolic health. However, there's a lot of gaps in the literature on this topic. And right now, I think the catchy media headlines are racing quite a bit ahead of the evidence we have. And in addition to that, we definitely do have a public health issue in terms of um, very high levels of physical inactivity in the Western world. And we do need to communicate, um, I think, accessible messages um, about breaking up sitting time and sedentary behaviour. But it's probably a stretch to be saying that it's the new smoking, both from a health and economic perspective, given all the wealth of data that we have on the negative effects of smoking on our health. And also that they are actually two extremely different, um, you know, health behaviours. I think we can say definitely, even without looking at the research that's sitting and smoking are extremely different and also do not affect health in the same way. Um, if you do want to kind of hear more about smoking and its effects on our health, I mean, a lot of it is probably common knowledge at this point, but you'd be surprised. We do know just about 20% of the Irish population still smoke. So I definitely recommend checking out my blog post on that and also the podcast episode, which I've done looking at alcohol and smoking as well. So let's get to the good stuff. What can we as individuals do to offset the potential negative effects in our health from a lot of sitting time? So there's a lot of important um, positive points for, to take home here and I've saved them for last because they're actually what I want to emphasize the most to you all. A major study published by the Lancet in 2016 looked at a lot of different studies examining individual physical activity levels and whether these attenuated or eliminated the association between sitting time and mortality from all causes. And if you do want to know any of the references from this podcast, they're in the blog post that I have written on this topic with clickable links. So you should be able to find those pretty easily. So in this particular study that was published in 2016, over 1 million men and women were included. And they found that for high sitting time, which was defined as eight hours or more, um, 60 to 70 minutes per day of moderate intensity physical activity, i.e. brisk walking, for example, did seem to eliminate the increased mortality risk associated with a high volume of sitting time. And that's really, really important. So play that back, listen to that again. It did offset the increased mortality risk associated with a lot of sitting time. 
And of note, the most vulnerable group in this study was found to be those who had high, volume sitting t- high volumes of sitting time and high levels of physical inactivity, a combination that we therefore know is not good for our health in any way. And this emphasizes the point about sedentary behavior and physical activity being along the same spectrum, but being two different health behaviors that we need to look at. Now, I know that 60 to 70 minutes, 75 minutes even per day sounds like a lot compared to what our national guidelines are being 150 minutes per week. That might seem like a lot to try and take on, particularly if you are sitting for a lot during the day and it might seem daunting and may not seem achievable, but Here's some take-home points that I think we can all take on board. Number one, we should definitely minimize prolonged bouts of sedentary time and behavior. So for example, whether you're at work or at home, try to break up each hour of sitting with a 10-minute walk or even five minutes. We know some is definitely better than none and everything above zero has health benefits. Two, if possible, try and fit bouts of moderate intensity activity into a your day in a way that works and is feasible for you. So for example, maybe active transport to work might be an option or even part of your commute being active like getting off the bus to stop early or maybe just getting up half an hour earlier and try and get to get out for a walk in the morning making a lunchtime walk a regular habit making sure you take your lunch break to do that and now that we're in summer and evenings are getting longer maybe a short stroll after dinner might be nice and this can all be done with company as well and making it social number three it's really important to continue to remember our exercise guidelines in ireland that is 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity You can split it up whatever way it works for you, but a lot of people find it easy to communicate 30 minutes, five days a week. And that classic example is a brisk walk. And note as well, this is a minimum recommended volume. And even as I've said, the smallest amount of exercise, even just 10 minutes does have benefits. And on top of that aerobic activity, we're also advised to do at least two bouts of activities to promote muscle strength and balance per week. And that is a full blog post on my website already, if you're interested to read more. And number four, for children, an hour per day of physical activity is advised. So it's important to remember that they need to be active in much higher requirements than adults do. According to the large volume of evidence we have for the health benefits of physical activity to date, we have so many positive reasons to get active and stay active. Now, while the research on sedentary behavior is definitely a lot less compared to this, we do know that minimizing large volume sitting time does seem to definitely have significant health benefits for us. Now, obviously, at times it's beneficial for us to sit too, to rest, to sleep, to engage in social activity and eat. So I think that it is definitely a case of quality over quantity. And a really easy way to remember this is just sit less and move more. The final question that I answered as part of my iRadio interview on this topic was, was there any evidence for workplace interventions to reduce sedentary behavior? So I did decide to read into this a little bit for you guys, particularly when there's a lot of chat. There has been a lot of chat about standing desks and maybe walking meetings and things like that. We've seen that a lot kind of come up in newspaper articles. So the most recent um, big review by the Cochrane Collaboration of workplace interventions to reduce sitting time found after looking at 34 studies with a total of over 3,000 subjects from developed countries. This review found that although standing desks are popular, their health benefits seem to be uncertain so far. And whether that's um, because we don't have that many, well, we have 34 studies, which is quite a lot, but whether it's the studies weren't well conducted or whether 
you know, we just need more data. Uh, they might both be relevant reasons as to why we have un- we're uncertain about the health benefits of them, but that's kind of the stance they've taken so far. Standing desks definitely do reduce total sitting time, and they don't, um, according to the research in this review, um, seem to have any harmful effects, such as, for example, um, back pain or lower productivity. But the researchers did say that the evidence overall was quite poor in terms of quality. So more research needed on that, but they don't do any harm. So if you do have one, it's definitely okay, I think, from what they've said to continue to use it. And I definitely do standing breaks in my office as well. Um, And also the authors found inconclusive evidence on other interventions, such as walking breaks and treadmill desks. I actually haven't seen a treadmill desk being used anywhere, but I have heard of them. But again, these studies were of low quality and had low numbers of participants in them, and that always limits conclusions. So for the moment, I think we can focus on what we've discussed in this podcast in terms of knowing our guidelines for physical activity in our leisure time and ensuring that we try to reduce high and prolonged volumes of sedentary behavior. The take home point being sit less, move more, remember the exercise guidelines that we have and try to build activity into your day in a way that works for you, that's feasible for you and which you enjoy. And that is going to be a wrap from me, guys. I do really hope you've enjoyed this brand new podcast episode. I hope that it was helpful to you and I am really excited to get back on the podcast wagon. Um, If you do want to get in touch, let me know. You know where to find me. I'm at the Irish Balance on social media, Instagram mostly, a little bit of Twitter, a little bit of Facebook, mostly Instagram. And you know where to find this podcast, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. And finally, you know where to find my blog. It's theirishbalance.com. And as always, do get in touch. Um, A message on Instagram is usually the best way to get me. But you can also email or drop a comment on the blog or on this podcast. Um, I'm really excited to continue the episodes going forward over the summer. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.